Our second scripture reading this morning comes from Paul's letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, verses 22 through 23, which you can find at page 147 of the New Testament section of your Pew Bibles. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against such things. We celebrate the written word of Scripture. We celebrate the living word, Christ among us. Please join me in prayer. O God, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Spirit, that as we hear these verses and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you have to tell us today. Amen. My ninth grade English teacher, Miss Hall, seemed to me to be about a hundred years old. She wore old lady clothes and old lady shoes and had old lady hair. It wasn't, wasn't until years later that I realized she couldn't have been much older than her mid-sixties, which gets younger every day. <laughs> Whatever age she was, Miss Hall was definitely old school. She'd made it her crusade to teach serious, hardcore grammar and spelling, and believe it or not, penmanship. I come from a family that's probably already too attached to good grammar, the other day, I almost bought one of my siblings a t-shirt that says, I'm silently correcting your grammar, <laughs> because my family thinks that's funny. <laughs> but Miss Hall taught me things I did not know. The conditional tense, the use of the possessive with gerunds. I know I've already lost most of you. <laughs> Miss Hall had us memorize grammar and spelling rules and carefully write them in our best penmanship. We also had to memorize and write long lists of words, the longest list being the list of prepositions. For those of you who haven't thought about the parts of speech for a few decades, in simplest terms, a preposition is a locator word. It tells you where something is in space and time. The alphabetical list of prepositions began with aboard, about, above, across, after, against, and ended with up, upon, with, within, without. Still remember most of it. <laughs> I hadn't thought about this list of prepositions for a long time until, in response to our inviting people to bring us their faith questions for this sermon series, We All Have Questions, a church member asked, where is the Holy Spirit? Every Pentecost and maybe one or two other Sundays a year, we talk about what the Holy Spirit is and does. The Holy Spirit, in our traditional theology, is one of the three persons of the Trinity. It's one of the ways we describe our experience of God and the presence of Christ using the witness of Scripture and the understanding of the church. My favorite summary is our denomination's brief statement of faith. You have an insert in your bulletin with an excerpt from that statement. 
It's the section that deals with the Holy Spirit as a refresher. Let's read it responsively together. I'll give you a second to find it. We trust in God, the Holy Spirit, everywhere the renewer, the giver and renewer of life. Sets us free to accept ourselves and to love God and neighbor. The same Spirit who inspired the prophets and apostles rules our faith and life in Christ through Scripture. Feeds us with the bread of life and the cup of salvation. In a broken and fearful world, the Spirit gives us courage to pray without ceasing. To unmask idolatries in church and culture, to hear the voices of people long silenced. In gratitude to God, empowered by the Spirit, we strive to serve Christ in our daily tasks and to live holy and joyful lives. So the Holy Spirit is the way we describe how God empowers us, fuels us, inspires us, challenges us, and encourages us. The Spirit surprises us, prods us, and leads us in new directions. The Spirit helps us to listen, to love, to reconcile, to serve, and to pray. But where is it? The passage in John's Gospel reminds us of Jesus' promise to his disciples. Even though he was leaving them, he would send the Holy Spirit, who would be with them forever. There's one of those prepositions. The Spirit will be with the disciples. That's pretty vague, but nevertheless it's comforting. I am with you. These are words of assurance and comfort. Jesus says not everyone will recognize the Spirit, but his disciples will, because the the Spirit will abide with them and be in them. Another preposition, and an intriguing one, in. The Holy Spirit will dwell in Jesus' disciples, which includes us. The Holy Spirit assures us that God is not only over us and for us, but also at work in us. There are other passages in Scripture that imply that the Spirit works outside of us, beyond us, and even without us. More prepositions. The Spirit is said to lead us and to teach us, and even to have been present and and part of the creation, moving over the primordial waters in the first verses of Genesis. Where is the Spirit then, if not always in us, working through us? This is one of those questions we cannot answer. All we can do is notice when we see the Spirit at work. And that's really what we're talking about here when we talk about the Holy Spirit. We're talking about the experience of God acting. God acting in us, 
and through us and around us. How do we recognize the Spirit? Well, as Diana said with the children this morning, we can notice when the Spirit is around. The first letter of John tells us that we should test the spirits because not every spirit is of God. And then in his letter to the Galatians, Paul describes the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Paul is saying, this is how you know it's the Spirit that's at work. This is how you know the Holy Spirit is in the neighborhood, because you see this fruit. Now, this is a wonderful list, but it's easy to dismiss it as merely nice. Paul's point here is not to tell us to be sweet and compliant and spineless. Jesus rocked the boat, and so does the Holy Spirit. While we can count on the Holy Spirit to call forth life and expand love, the Spirit may also disrupt our plans, prodding us to forgive, challenging us to face a harmful addiction, a bad relationship, ushering us into a role we didn't intend to play as a caregiver, as a committee chair, as a volunteer or mentor or servant. This unsettling and upsetting role of the Spirit caused the Celts to identify the Spirit with the wild goose, that honking, disturbing, and bothersome, yet beautiful creature. The Holy Spirit will rock our boats and nudge us to rock other people's boats. And then our challenge is figuring out how to rock the boat and remain kind, how to work to set the oppressed free and remain patient, how to live a life of fierce compassion and remain gentle. That is possible by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. There's an old Celtic prayer that's attributed to St. Patrick that ends with a litany of where we hope Christ will be, and this applies equally to the Holy Spirit, which is, after all, the Spirit of Christ, sent by Christ. This prayer is full of prepositions, and it expresses well where we can expect to meet the Holy Spirit. Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. I bind unto myself the name, the strong name of the Trinity, by invocation of the same, the three in one and one in three, by whom all nature hath creation, eternal creator, spirit, word. Where is the spirit? Aboard, about, above, across, after, against, and all around us, among us, beside us, with us, within us. May it be so for you and for me. Amen.